welcome to the Beer Fly Podcast. This is uh, from the first time from the brewery. Um, so hopefully there will be no dogs barking in the background. There might be a little echo. There might be some machines to click on. But this is this has been a dream, trying to get the podcast into the brewery to, to record. And today, uh, well, I guess let's back up. So this week, we just started brewing beer. And whenever this airs, we'll probably be serving the beer that we brewed this week for the first time. And to, to, to kind of bring that in, we brought down uh, Jacob, who is a controls engineer from ProBrew, uh, down from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, to kind of help us with the first batches. And so he's here today. He's brought um, several beers from Wisconsin. So we figured we would take today and talk about some of the great beers from uh, the, the state of Wisconsin. Some of your favorite college beers that you've ever had, like PBR and The Beast and Miller Lite and Schlitz, Old Style, Leinenkugel. They're all from Milwaukee. Well, we're not, we're not drinking those today though, right? All right. No. Good. No, but I should have picked up some High Life. That would have been nice. Jacob, welcome, welcome to Atlanta. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Um, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us more about your job and what ProBrew does? Sure. I'm Jake, uh, controls engineer. Um, ran into ProBrew as uh, an OEM brewery equipment manufacturer and thought that uh, it would be the absolute dream job for me to automate breweries. So yeah, living the dream, beer enthusiast, automating new breweries. It's uh, pretty great. Um, so yeah. Now, now ProBrew, and, and I know a little bit of background on ProBrew because obviously I researched the company when I was when I was buying the equipment. So ProBrew is um, uh, basically a subsidiary of uh, the parent company Technoblend. Yep. So and Technoblend, it, it does more in like the dairy and soda aspect of the yeah. industries. Mostly soda, soda yeah. and beverage manufacturing. Yeah. So so a lot of uh, blending tanks and, and process piping and. Yep. I don't, I don't know what else that, that would entail, but... Well, hence the name Blend. Our number one product is a blender, which blends soda, syrup, and water, and carbonation together to into a bottle to get your, um, your classic uh, carbonated beverage. So, and so how old, how old is that company? How old? Uh, yeah. 12 years. Blend's 12 years, 12 years old. Yep. So, so, and then Derek is the, is the owner. Yep. And I think he had a background that was previous to Blend. Also, is right. So there's a there, there's a large background of automation and process and piping that was already in place even before ProBrew uh, came came into existence. So and that's that's actually what I really liked. Uh, why I went with ProBrew is because I really like that background of not just you guys know how to make brewing equipment, but you know how to make some really great controls that make my life easier as a brewer, um, <laughs> and also hopefully make the beer better and more consistent. So there's my plug for ProBrew, by the way. <laughs> Thank now you. give me some free stuff, ProBrew. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, so from Wisconsin, from every, all, I mean, born and raised or? Born and raised, never want to leave. Um, love it there. And uh, hopefully you guys love some of the beer I brought. It's really cold though, right? Yeah, you get used to it though. <laughs> but the number one thing is summer is a three month long party. 
Summer's great. I've been I've been out for uh, my mom lives uh, just south of Wisconsin in the uh, northern part of Chicago, and uh, I I told her I'm never gonna visit visit her in the winter again, but I love visiting in the summer because it's gorgeous out there in the summer. It is, and everyone's just so happy that it's nice out. Yeah, because of every winter, it's it's uh, dismal. Yeah, <laughs> you got to put on your winter thickness. Yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> well. Um, how, how this podcast has worked in the past is everybody kind of shares beer, goes around the table, but we have no beers. You brought all the beers today. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of throw these in intermittently and then we can uh, keep talking. So what what do we want to start with? Oh, let's start with the Wisconsin night. It's a simple summer wheat ale that uh, four ingredients, the typical four ingredients of beer, all of which are... Uh, from Wisconsin. What's the brewery? Lake so, Lake, yeah, Lake from Brewery. I may have been to them. Are they- really cool, cool brewery. Um, I mean, some some uh, some of the original, I think, large craft brewing equipment probably in the country. Uh, it looks like it looks. I don't know where they. they I think they pulled it out of somewhere in Germany and put it in. Uh, um, I, maybe I'm not sure if they're still using it, but that brewery was started with a bunch of like old dairy stuff. Yeah. So it was cobbled together and, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely one of the biggest breweries in Wisconsin. Vice beer. Yeah, cheers. Definitely get, yeah, cheers. Thanks for cheers. Definitely get some banana and clove off of that. We'll put all of this on the website so people know what beers we're drinking. And if you're in Wisconsin, you can some bubble pick up some. <laughs> Clean finish. It's good. I've turned people who will only drink Miller and Coors Light onto craft beer with this beer. It's very nice. So what goes into like the engineering of a brew house? Talk us, talk us through that. Yeah, well, the process design mechanically is um, the first portion of it. So um, all of the, the vessels, the piping in between, um, how they're gonna interact with each other, push fluid from point A to point B. Um, for both um, the brewing process and cleaning. So both of those you gotta think um, in mind. So our mechanical engineering team um, works with early on with the customer to, to find what's needed and lays out designs and uh, usually ask for approval. Um, and yeah. so, so like me, me as a customer, the pro-brewer pro will, will basically have a shell of, okay, this is what, what, you're, what you're looking for. And then they go into the design phase. Those designs get sent to the customer, me, and uh, I look over everything and say if there's any changes, then y'all probably take those changes, give me a revised schematic, and so piping layout plus uh, plus any changes that need to be made to the tanks themselves. And then it just it's kind of a back and forth um, until whenever I, whenever I sign, then they start building. Exactly. Now, Craig, you have some experience with brewhouse, but do you ever get um, customers who have zero experience and don't know what they're doing? Yes, yeah, so that's a different animal and uh, um, definitely more hand-holding to walk them through the process of especially the installation and just getting things up and running comfortably and uh, training them through the process on how to use our equipment. And that's part of the startup that I'm here currently um, doing is uh, assisting any needs with that to get the customer comfortable with it and up and running. What are some of the more like complicated uh, or big systems that y'all put together? Well, the raised grain system in our hometown of Waukesha, Tech hometown of Waukesha, 
uh, that has been like our centerpiece for showing people what we could provide for them. Um, that, that was a pretty much turnkey operation there. They're running a brew house of ours, um, one of our first large automated ones. Um, our canning line, uh, some some of the carbonation technology that we we put out. Um, yeah, they they pretty much run the whole brewery stuff. It's a twenty barrel core vessel system. Correct. And uh, what how, what speed is the canning line? Ninety. Can't remember. Yeah. I, I, it's a, I two two seamer ninety minute. Yeah, I think it's ninety minute. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think fully automated CIP system as well. Correct. Yep. So, yeah, CIP system just means cleaning in place. So, so instead of uh, manually putting chemicals in, into a tank to, to get them clean, you have like separate vessels that, that will go through automated steps. Um, so it's good for safety. It's also good for like not putting a bunch of chemicals down the drain. Those are nice. Yep. Uh, and then they have a centrifuge too, right? Yeah, yeah. They have a, an interesting product of ours where it's both a carbonator and a centrifuge. So we carbonate before going through the centrifuge and then the centrifuge actually uh, makes the carbonation bubbles much smaller and more um, dissolved into the fluid. Mm-hmm. And some other product, I know y'all did, um, talking to Brian, your sales guy, um, y'all did the Goose Island system that's in London, I believe. Yeah. Um, any other uh, interesting or, or I guess setups that people might be familiar with the name. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Central Waters Brewery in Wisconsin. We did um, last last year. We did their pilot system. So they operate on a, I believe, th- and that's automated as well. Um, not from ours. Um, and then they purchased from us a seven barrel pilot system to do experimental batches. Cool. And then also my, my old boss, Fritz Rar in Fort Worth, they bought a, uh, I don't know if they bought a five or a seven barrel. That was a seven. Yep. Seven barrel. So I think they're, they're still getting at it. Uh, it's there on site. I don't know if it's up and running quite yet, but uh, but similar situation. They had a 50 barrel brew house and they needed something where they could do some scale down batches and play around a little bit. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. We need another beer, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Bottoms up. <laughs> All right. So we, we, what, what should we go into next? Yeah, in the mood for something darker. Or well, it looks like a lot of these are going to be darker. Yeah. I'm a dark beer fan. <laughs> Let's go with this new Glarus because I, I have to say, um, if you Google Wisconsin beer, this is what comes up. And, you know, with all due respect to Miller, apparently Wisconsin beer is uh, owning owning that. Oh, yeah. Well, so when you go around, I, I've been very fortunate to take some cool trips up to Wisconsin and do some snowmobiling up there. And you walk into certain bars. I mean, these are like country small bars. They probably have three taps. And uh, they all have Spotted Cow. I, it's either, it's pretty much Spotted Cow and Lion Cool, and then they'll probably have a, a butter or Miller product after that. Yep. Um, but it's Spotted Cow is easier to find than Budweiser it, and up there. It's crazy. And to the uninitiated, what is Spotted Cow? Spotted Cow, well, they, they um, I think they market it as a farmhouse ale, but I think technically it's actually a cream ale. Yeah, that's what I know it as. Yeah. Cream ale. I think that's what most Scotsmanites yeah. refer to it as. Yeah. Really pouring Spotted Cow my hand go look down <laughs> <laughs> so this is one that's out there my favorite that they make is uh actually one called uh i think it's two women yeah two women so that, that's a so it's uh deb carrie so she's one of the owners of new Glarus with with her husband dan 
and then uh, uh, Sabine Byron um, from Byron Malting. They got together and, and made that beer. Hmm. So, um, dramatic loss. Craig's yeah. teaching me about Wisconsin beers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know a lot about beer. I've been doing this for a while. Um, so, so you, you do both in salt. You don't, obviously you don't just do brewery and salt, like we were talking about. You do some uh, dairy stuff and some, um, more on the soda side, I guess. Yep. And so when you go into those facilities, uh, I guess how, how is that different than doing a brewery install? Um, is it, you know, I, I think on the dairy side, definitely going to be more looked over by FDA as far as making sure pasteurization is perfect and making sure, you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, anything with dairy is heated up and cooled down to make sure there's no bacterial infection. So, Correct. so I, I think that's, that's probably more the difference on that side, but I, Biggest assumption is breweries are more fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but other than, other than breweries being more fun and you get to have a beer uh, or it's expected that you're having some beers while you're doing the installs, <laughs> um, what, what else is different? Just the atmosphere. Uh, most of the other customers that we have on those um, types of sodas and dairies, that's uh, like big corporations. So that that's, that's real, real work. Where I, when I come and do a startup like this, I don't feel like I'm working. Like this is just fun, automating breweries and like I'm a home brewer. So to be here in a brewery, taking part in actually brewing on a um, large scale, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's just fun. Brewers are always fun, good people. Um, it's always a really laid back time. Like I said, it barely feels like you're working. I I don't even know if this is work. Well said. I mean, I mean, we're getting paid, so yeah. I mean, we're you, supposed to get paid. You show up, you, you haven't been What's going it? home this week, so. I have not. These, these have been, uh, since he's been here, it's been 14 hour days. So get, get here early, stay until 10, 11 at night, do it again the next day kind of thing. So, yeah. but I'm excited to come back the next day. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's not bad. You know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, find something that you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life, even though you're working your ass off mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah. Just yeah. doesn't. And even when I'm not here, I'm thinking about it. And now I can actually do work when I'm not here because not only do they get all the, you know, some cool automation set up, but they also got me set up where I can actually control some of the brew house from my phone, which is pretty sweet. That's really cool. It's gonna be good when you need to go stand in line for some tacos and yeah, stand in line tacos and just like move some beer around. But it's at least to be able to you know to, to monitor fermentation mm-hmm. um, from from wherever I am. That's that's pretty. It's really good for flexibility. Yeah, big time. Is that something relatively new that you guys have been doing, or is that something that? Yeah, yeah, that's something we've just been doing this year, um, using a specific software. Won't go into that, but giving the customer the ability from their own computers and phones to, I always say, from your couch, you can operate or look at your um, brew house and your fermenters. That's great. What would the problem be like? Matt beer. <laughs> Do we have more beer? Two. This is a good segue into our third beer. Oh, good. <laughs> what should we have? I think we're going a little darker now. So we have a nitro stout, a stout, and a porter. A cocoa nut. Well, we were just talking about central water. Yeah, so we do that next. 
That's a bourbon barrel aged 10 percenter. So cool. Yeah, it's ready. a good one to split. In my opinion, this is the holy grail of Wisconsin beers. Uh, Central Ooh. Waters bourbon barrels aged. And this was not made on the bourbon system. No, no, this would have been their their large production system. So where is Central located? In Amherst, Wisconsin, which is uh, in Central Wisconsin, given the name. Thank you. So they're a fun story for me to tell. A few years ago. Oh my gosh, that smells. I'm That's pre- good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every barrel aged beer they do is. What barrels are they? Um, what what barrels were they aged in? Yeah, they a do a barrel. variety. It's, it's a bourbon barrel, but they're they specifically seek uh, Buffalo Trace. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, and that smells awesome. That, the, that's coconut and dark chocolate and like plum. Oh, cheers to the best. <laughs> cheers. I'm pretty sure it's a minimum of one year in a barrel for anything they do barrel aged. That's that's fantastic. That is a snack. <laughs> that is a it, snack. It's it's like heavy flavors. And I always say this about beers that are like big heavy big beers, big heavy beers. You, I can tell when they're really good when at the end it's still a dry clean finish. Like I don't have a cloying sweet finish like you might be expecting off of a ten percent beer, even though there's massive flavor there. Finishes dry and clean. That, that is crazy good. It's mm. a good point. All right, so if someone, uh, we're gonna need to sip for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, that's not. So let's 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 bring in our uh, little travel advice. Um, so say you want to go to Wisconsin or even just Milwaukee, and you're going for the first time, you're gonna try some beer. What what are some of the basics that you should do or, or to know as as someone who may have not been before? What advice would you give? Definitely need to go to Lakefront. I, I, That's, I would say that was first that popped into my mind. Go to downtown Milwaukee. Go to Lakefront, and first things first, do their brewery tour. I think they have it like on the weekends, rotating, so they'll do the the tour every like hour. So you can just show up, and they have a massive beer hall um, that there's amazing food on Friday nights, specifically at their fish fry. They're known for it, and they'll just yell into the beer hall. Tour starting now. Who's hopping on? And you just go take a tour, and you gotta pay like ten bucks. But then they pour you a bunch of beer while you're on it. And, and from what I heard, they actually employ comedians to do the tours. Just gonna say that, yeah, yeah, they they have comedians and like theater future oh. people in college doing the tours, and it's it's just a lot of fun. I I have absolutely been here. This was a fantastic brewery. Yeah, yeah the, it's a cool place. Yeah, but, well, their their beer hall is incredible, and they, they structured it so well because it's, and of course, the German influence in Wisconsin, but it really does have the elements of, like, you walk up to the food station, and then you go sit down at your table like it is a proper, you know, uh, you know drinking hall, yeah, that you would find in Germany. Um, yeah, and, and the beer was fantastic. And, you know, being a craft beer guy, this is going to sound sacrilegious, but you should at least go check out the Miller stuff in some capacity. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fun too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was pretty fortunate to get some like behind the scenes stuff. I, I got to go, uh, I knew the, uh, um, the the guy that brewed at their pilot system, uh, cause he, he was a brewer at, uh, in Texas, so we had some connections, so he got us 
We got to check out the pilot study, and then we got to go to the employee bar afterwards. So that was super. That's cool. cool. Nice. Um, but and so I don't know what like the 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 regular tours like or anything, but just to see the complex and everything and how massive it is. The, the sheer engineering um, is insane. Oh yeah. Oh my I mean, gosh. we can say whatever we want to about the beer, you know. Yeah, I like. But, I like but a good honestly, but the, the engineering and the scale and the history and everything, and there's cool buildings up there that you know that I, I think there's some tunnels too that that are in Miller Valley, but un- unbelievable. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I think Paps, there's a Paps Mansion, which is which is pretty cool. We went and toured that. Um, you haven't yeah, seen the Paps Mansion? No. You wouldn't, a lot of people don't tourist their own city, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Paps, yeah, yeah. Pat, where the Paps are, it's uh, there's a cool mansion. You can go, go do a tour. We did that a uh, uh, few years back. It's pretty neat. Nice. What else uh, should should someone kind of try? So to stick with Milwaukee, we just talked about like the two bigger breweries you need to visit. Um, then I branch out and go to the smaller ones. So the next beer we should try is uh, actually what got me into um, home brewing. It's a coconut porter from City Lights. They're a much smaller brewery. Um, they're like right by Miller Park. Yeah, I think um, I drove by. Home of the Brewers. Great name for a baseball team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and there's there's all sorts of little um, breweries um, popping up all the time in Milwaukee. So, yeah, City Lights is just one example of many small ones. So, yeah, visit the first couple big ones, Lakefront and Miller, and then spend all day visiting the I don't, small ones. I don't presume you know this, but do you know how many beer or breweries are in Milwaukee or in Wisconsin in total? It, it's, it's always changing. So I have this plaque in my basement that is a map of Wisconsin and it has all the breweries like written on it, but it was made but in like 20 years. It's outdated, so right? It's already, yeah, as soon as they print those, they're outdated. Yep, yep, so it's a lot. There's more, there's more text on that map that, that can fit, so there's like little <laughs> side boxes saying, these 20 breweries are in Milwaukee, these 30 breweries are in Madison. Mm. Madison's a cool town. Madison, yeah. great college town, home of the, the, the Badgers, the fiercest Madison. of all the rodents. Yeah. Except that, except for Newbury, it's just south of there. I don't I don't know too much about uh, Madison beer. Yeah, um, let's see. I did not bring anything from Capital, but that's a major, probably mm. probably the biggest brewery in Madison. Um, and there's there's other uh, there's a lot of other small ones. Um, Carbon Four comes to mind, and um, actually I think Ale Asylum. I've tried theirs. Yeah, they yeah. actually have uh, Sweetwater as a little bottle one. I went back there and saw, yeah, mm. old, old bottle. So that sweet water got used too. <laughs> was it Ale Asylum or am I conflating this? It had the beer this year that was said, fuck COVID. Was that, that, that is that. That is. Actually, when I was putting this together, I considered getting one. We could get that down here. Okay. Yeah. Well. It was great. Everyone can agree to that. From Ale Asylum? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's one of those uh, liquor stores that's beyond your three-mile radius. So. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't so. travel outside. <laughs> it's got to be It's got to be a special occasion. <laughs> Have you seen a picture of, like, the logo where it's, it says, fuck COVID, but then the uh-huh. is, like, slashed in between all yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. It's really impactful from yeah. the time. Yeah. Question. So, so, of the five beers you brought, four of them are in bottles. Are Do most craft brewers still put their beer in the bottles? That's an interesting question because from Prober's standpoint, it seems like everyone's trying to go the canning route. Mm-hmm. But yes, mm-hmm. most of these beers I brought are in bottles. Well, you brought a lot of the older 
Wisconsin Brewery stuff. Yeah. New Galerius, Lakefront, and Central Waters are going to be your older, older ones. And what's That's the true. other one? This is Three Sheeps. Sheeps. That's interesting that they can't, that they bottle, because they're pretty new, right? Um, they haven't been around that long. Yeah, they're not as old as these others, yeah. for sure. But maybe because this is a nitro. Maybe, yeah. Because uh, they, they I'd say 80% of what I see in the store is canned. They do canned. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, now that I mentioned it, the only thing in bottles might be their nitro and their barrel-aged stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, canning is definitely um, taking over the production. Yeah, for, yeah well, it's, 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 everything, it's yeah. everywhere, especially yeah. here, too. Hmm. And it's convenient. You don't break bottles on boats. Oh, there's so many advantages to it, for sure. So, so what beer, if you're going to tailgate bravely uh, for a Packers game, what, what, what would be a good Wisconsin beer to pair with that? Hmm. Other than, of course, Miller Lite. But... <laughs> hmm. is, is there like a brewery in, in, in uh, Green Bay? Yeah, I was going to say, this, the, if me personally, my answer is absolutely this beer right here that Craig drank last night while we were finishing our brew. It's the uh, uh, Central so, Waters uh, Brewery Company. So it says pills, but it, you, you're saying it's actually a brute pills. Yeah. Yeah, because it tasted very, uh, for, and it is, it's, what does it say? 5.6 or something? Or the alcohol? Yes, I think 5.6 was right. Yeah, but it was, yeah, 5.6%, but crazy light and, I mean, cleanest beer I've ever had. I, I would say the, you know, except for, and and don't don't take this wrong. Like Bud Light is cleaner, but I use Bud Light as a as a baseline for <laughs> for sensory analysis stuff. But uh, this, as far as a craft beer goes, I, I'm assuming it's an all grain too. That uh, it was the cleanest, driest beer I I think I've ever had. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I would hammer a few of those for sure. <laughs> yeah. Tailgate. Like I said, that's my go-to for that situation. And like, it's almost a little dangerous because it shrinks as quick as a light beer like that, but it's 5.6. So five, six of them in, you're, yeah. it's hitting you a little I did, that <laughs> tastes like a 5.6. Yeah. But it's from that brute. So brute, uh, for, for people that don't really know the science behind that, so uh, people, and I'm assuming this is what they do if they're calling it root pills and, and the dryness that I'm getting is you use an enzyme that breaks down more sugars to create more alcohol and make it make it drier. So I've done it a couple of times on some pilot batch stuff and it, that's exactly what it tastes like. So super, super dry and clean. It was, it was awesome. Your champagne bro- pills are a brute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to hear you talking about how, how this is even possible because yeah. right on the side of the can it says two carbs. Miller yeah. White has more than that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was wondering how this beer was possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we have two more beers left. We have uh, a Cashmere Hammer from Three Sheeps and the Coconut Porter from City Lights. Well, let's uh, let's ask uh, Instagram what, what should be next. Are we hooked up? This is live, right? No, this is not Instagram live. We're not there yet. We're, okay. we're not gonna. We're gonna be open by the time this okay. airs. So right. you know, where we don't have we don't, we'll, we'll get that technology going on the next episode. Technology. So we'll, we'll put it. We're using a tape recorder for this podcast. 
What, what's about? I'm gonna vote for the. I'm gonna say the cashmere hammer next. Okay. Yeah. Sound okay. good? This yeah. is a flavor bomb, so let's have that one. I don't know if we voted or if I just convinced everybody. Uh, that's a nitro, so let's pour it hard. Here, I'll let you do the honors one. All right. And the good news is, I still have a little bit of bourbon barrel flavor in there. It's <laughs> not a problem. We're not rinsing this one here. Oh man, so. <laughs> You really got to pour this hard yeah. and just like yeah. dump it into the glass, and, you know, with no mercy. Oh yeah. That's good. That, that is a way to pour a beer, right? You know, if every beer could be poured like that, I mean, it'll smells, be a little bit funnier. That smells so, awesome, but I don't know if it's from the beer or from that last beer. That was yeah, the last you can still so smell the bourbon. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right. So we are uh, getting close to the Craig section, which is a lightning round section. Did you come prepared with questions? I have zero. I have tons of questions. Okay, good. You can share some too. So what we do here is we do a rapid uh, fire question round. Um, So I'm just gonna, you know, say what comes to mind. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) Pick one. Oh man, how much time do I have? <laughs> All right, Red Fire's a little, little preceding me, so I'll pick Aaron Rodgers. Okay, it's a good choice. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Which cheese is best? Best. Which cheese is best? Mm-hmm. Uh, Montemur from Saratory. The correct wow. answer, and the That's only answer is yes. <laughs> and I don't know if this is right, but the correct answer, and the only answer is curds. Curds, fried curds, man. <laughs> I, I had hell out of some fried curds up there. So you can go down cheese in Wisconsin, like. Like a rabbit hole, like craft beer. There's just endless. So what's what's the cheese that you chose? What's what's their story? That has a very interesting story, actually. It's a uh, this cheese maker somewhere along the line something got mislabeled. Where I I don't remember what's first. I think it was it was supposed to be a cheddar, and then it got mislabeled as a Parmesan halfway through the process. So they changed what how they handled it mm-hmm. and thought it was a Parmesan, but half of the process was for cheddar. So. It's a weird mix between the two that just came out amazing, and they sell it like crazy now. Mm, it was cool. an accident that made like the best cheese. All right, I Is, got one. Ready. Coldest temperature you've ever experienced in Wisconsin? Negative 25. Wow. Ouch. Yeah, I drove Ouch. to work that day to Prober. Actually, it was my first. Wait, wait work wasn't closed? Oh, we don't close down. <laughs> <laughs> we would hibernate for a week. In Wisconsin, I, I can imagine, I can remember one snowstorm where we closed down everything. And it was because we had like between two and three feet of snow and like literally no could, one could drive. Like even the snow plows were like, how do we, how do we move all this? Where do we put it all? Uh, but yeah, negative 25, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tires in in Denver, schools closed. There's one week where it didn't get above, like, uh, I think it didn't get above zero for a week or something like that. And so the buses couldn't run. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole, the world, yeah, we didn't act like nothing happened. Uh, schools closed, of course. Okay. But. Is ice fishing a sport? <laughs> or is it just uh, a reason to drink? Yes and yes. <laughs> yes. Is this a drinking part of the sport? Yes, yes. Same thing applies to regular fishing in Wisconsin. All right, this is more of a Madison-based uh, question. Jimmy John's or Big Mike's? Oh, is it from Madison? 
allegedly Jimmy John's got their their all their things from Big Mike's. Well, really? Not Jersey Mike's. Not to confuse with Jersey. Mike's. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna have to say, uh, what was the other one? Um, Big Mike's. Yeah, the other one. Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's is the only one I've ever had. I've never okay. had Big Mike's. So that's interesting that they got everything from them. Uh, that's so I'm told. Uh, who is better looking, Laverne or Shirley? Why did Joni love Chachi? So we'll pass on that one too. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a cannibal sandwich? Are you just looking up? Dude, I don't know what you're talking this about. This is questions that ask a Wisconsin person. Uh, Wisconsin people submitted these questions. Oh. Uh, hot dogs or brats? Brats. Brats. Uh, do you have any crazy Summerfest stories? Summerfest. So Summerfest. Summerfest is, uh, I would argue, other than Les Paul, Wisconsin's gift to music. Uh, they, it's, it's like the biggest music festival. Yeah, out there. I think it still is the yeah. biggest music festival in the world, um, or at least the country. Yeah. Any, any stories? Oh, well, not not music festival, but food food beer festival. Being a, a great taste in the Midwest. Into that. You know, you know about that? Yeah. In Madison, that's supposed to be pretty, pretty awesome beer festival up there. I do have a crazy Summerfest story. All right, so yeah, I was like, I was kind of a kid still. I think well, I how like, old are you now? Twenty-eight. Yeah. Okay, you're up there now. I guess you're not a kid. Now. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I was, I was maybe I was with my parents, so I guess I was like 15 years old. My parents took us to see 311 at Summerfest, and uh, well, apparently their fans really party. Um, so within five minutes of trying to like weasel our way into the crowd, uh, some drunk dude just puked on my shoes and awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you're really not at a proper music festival unless someone is like whipping it out and pissing on you or throwing up on you. Yeah. And if you're at a 311 show, I mean, you're probably getting a secondhand high at the very bare minimum. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole yeah. crowd reaped it. Remember, remember, I was at uh, uh, Red Rocks when I was up, uh, up in Denver, and my my stepmom. I mean, she's she she won't be listening to this. I don't know if she even knows what podcasts are, but um, she she goes something smells funny. Me and my brother are like, yeah, <laughs> funny smell. <laughs> like it's like all around us. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. It's legal there. It's, yeah. This concludes my rapid fire questions. That's all. You, you actually didn't do any work. You just went to a website to look at Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, I actually wrote spoke a to people. Down. I spoke to people. You spoke to people? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, These I were think. the Wisconsin questions. All right. I mean, I could ask is Giannis God's gift to the Bucks? Um, but I understand you're not a big basketball guy, so all I understand is he's a pretty big deal. So yeah, maybe he just signed a big. Who who signed? John? Yeah. Just Giannis. I, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't don't make me. I don't know much his last name. Yeah, I think so, what I, nobody says his last name. I think. I think, I think even the commentators. Nobody says it yeah. ever. Um, Greek god to basketball. I don't know anything about him real, but I think he's like. Number two behind LeBron, I think. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I think so. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, but um, the uh, the arena that's right downtown, right by it, is the new Milwaukee Brewing Company, which is real sweet. 
It's uh, over kind of like overly downtown Marina. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool place. That's got some of the most uh, heavy automation that mm-hmm. any brewery's probably got. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what transpired, but they had Rockwell come in and automate it themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. and the headquarters of Rockwell's in Milwaukee too, so maybe it was a kind of showpiece for them to show off. So yeah, they, they can take their customers here, drink some beers, and show the brew house. Yeah, that's probably you're probably exactly right. Yep. Shall we move to our final beverage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is kind of from a nowhere place in Wisconsin. Not nowhere, but a smaller place in Wisconsin. City Lights it. Brewing, the Coconut Porter. Oh, I was speaking for... Oh. This, no, this is from Milwaukee. Boy, yeah. Okay. Oh. No, nothing Milwaukee. <laughs> What's that thing? Milwaukee? Yeah, which is Algonquin oh. for the good land. Oh, good. <laughs> so, yeah, a few years ago, I... Had a dream that a toasted coconut porter would sound pretty good, so I wanted to brew that. Well, I didn't get into brewing until I had this job, um, and then these guys had this put out in between that time. So this is exactly what I would have wanted to brew for the first. Some good looking fun on that. So I'm gonna change topics a little bit. So um, I'm wearing the most Milwaukee shirt that I could. F- I'm sorry. Well, Wisconsin shirt that I could find, which is a Harley Davidson shirt. Um, you ride. Used to. Used to. Yeah, my wife convinced me I should die oh, in my man. motorcycle. No, I'm actually... I've got a kid, so... Yeah, she's probably right. <laughs> um, I actually am not even allowed to ride a motorcycle anymore after starting this place. Because I have, like, life insurance policy signed on me. Because I'm a key employee. So, in, in the, my uh, policy, it says you can't ride a motorcycle. Just fine. I'm fine with that. I don't know. I never had any desire, but... Just I'll never be able to ride a motorcycle yeah. I am pissed though, because it also says on there that I can't go hella skiing, which I actually really want to do. What skiing? Hella skiing. Jumping out of a helicopter and then skiing off the top of a mountain. That I really <laughs> do want to do. Yeah. yeah. Not that that that's fine. He lived in Denver for a while, you yeah. know. It's the next step. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so the questions, uh, as a former uh, motorcycle rider, what what are um, are there some great roads to ride around Wisconsin to just kind of travel the state and, and see it? Is that a great way to do it? Is on a bike? Summer, in the summer. Yeah, yeah. In, in the summer, spring, and fall, as we would consider. Not the, the time that you would die on a Yeah, yeah. Just, just no ice. But, <laughs> but yeah, the entire, like, uh, more rural area of Wisconsin, which is the majority of Wisconsin, other than Milwaukee and Madison and Green Bay and the other various heavily populated cities. Um, you say like more of going along the lake is pretty sweet or, or like up in the Northwoods? Central and Northwoods is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, the lake areas tend to be more populated, but only near the major cities. Yeah, riding the coastline is beautiful too. Just any 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 riding you can do outside of major, major cities, it's just really, really fun Yeah, and beautiful. Definitely yeah, agree. The roads up there, roads. I, I remember being really just nice, nice maintained, yeah. and wide. And, well, I guess yeah. you have to keep them maintained just with the weather. Um, yeah, the winter yeah. destroys them every couple of years. So yeah, I keep redoing them. What do you think of this beer? We're drinking. By the way, we're drinking the um, the City Lights Coconut Porter. I think the mouthfeel and uh, the foam, the heavy tension is killer on this thing. Um, Get a lot of I, could use, I could get a little more like toasted coconut flavor, I guess. It's a little, a little light on there. It's there. 
it's not like overpowering. I think it because I compare it to probably like Oscar Blues. Yeah, by coconut. I'm okay. definitely I'm definitely getting a lot of the Madagascar vanilla beans in this. Okay. I've got some vanilla beans in there from Madagascar. Oh, okay. Those vanilla beans. I am assuming imported. Yeah, <laughs> directly. They they meet with the farmer, bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got a cool story behind this beer. Well, secondhand cool story. Uh, one of my former coworkers at Pro Brew used to be a brewer at City Lights. And uh, he recalled to me one time um, the creation of this beer. They wanted to have a coconut porter, but they were struggling to figure out how to do it on a, a, a large manufacturing scale. It literally started out with apparently the owner of the brewery cooking, toasting coconut at home and bringing in just bags and bags of coconut. Mm. And it was super inefficient. And I'm not sure how they do it now, but it's probably not that. Hopefully they have like, they can I toast know, around. From, from just what I heard, the, the one I do out in Maui, Maui's coconut porter, they have like one guy and his like sole job is to toast coconuts. Because <laughs> they make so much of it, yeah. I believe it. We, we did it at Winky. We, we would do it uh, on a small, like uh, in Firkins. So we just go, yeah, go in the kitchen, like put them out on a tray, toast them for, it's like two minutes on, in per side. It's real, like, real fast. And then you just stick it right in the beer. It's awesome. I mean, and, but I don't know if anybody's figured out a like efficient way to do it. <laughs> That's like, right. not like cost prohibitive, you know, but getting like a, like, uh, I mean, you can, I don't know, but you know, it'd be a great idea getting one of those, uh, those machines they have at like sandwich shops that like send on the conveyor belts. Uh, yeah, it's not like a bad idea. how I can toast yourself in like yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. So maybe one of the next challenges for pro brew is to come up with a way to toast the coconuts as part of the brewing system. And like, like just have it over a fermenter. Like, so it's upset and it just like goes straight into the fermenter. I'll pitch the idea. I want to automate them. So like, I want the automation basically work so there's like a fridge up high. And when I push a button, the fridge opens and something like scoops the coconut out. Shave, like it's a whole coconut. And then there's a shaver. And <laughs> then it goes through the toaster and then just drops right into the fermenter. All right, so you want a, a coconut processing yes. plant. Yeah. Right, yeah, cool. All right, <laughs> it's, it's your next big thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole reason for the toasting of the coconut is uh, if it warms up. Mm hmm. If you do it without toasting it, you get all the coconut oil in the beer, which one Wisconsin brewery called Mobcraft does. They I've have heard of those guys. They were on uh, Shark Tank. Okay. I saw them on Shark Tank, yeah. They were pitching their idea for their brewery. They didn't have a brewing space, and they pitched it on Shark Tank before they had an actual brewing space. Huh. They were like contract brewing for a little while. Huh. Because they, they do like, I think it's like um, the concept was the next thing they brew, they were gonna like, put out four choice choices on social media and then like social media pick what they're gonna make next. Yep. That's the idea of the brewery yeah. that the people choose what Shark Tank turned them down by the way. Nobody on Shark Tank took them. No. Yeah. Lastly. Yeah. Was this pre Blake going on? This is pre Blake going on, yeah. This yeah, it was probably four years ago or something, yeah. But they have a facility now. I think Southside of Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's close to the original Milwaukee brewery, I think. I think you're right. pretty close. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they uh, they got brave and brewed a couple barrel aged beers with uh, untoasted coconut, and there's like a bunch of uh, oil floating on top of the beer, which is a little off putting to some, but 
super tasty. Mm. It's like having so wait, so, you, so you're tasting the coconut like this, but you, you could just visually it was a weird different. Yeah, was it different flavors? Too? Yeah, it was so much more coconut flavor. Because I don't think it had an untoasted. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, the the oil probably no foam foam either, no, the oil foam either. No, yeah, no, the oil, no, the oil kills the foam. Yeah, they even put a sticker on it that says. Bear with us, it's on toasted coconut, there's oil, and there will not be head retention. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That, that's Obviously, people cool. don't send a beer back, like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Yeah. Read the sign. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. And, and when people finally listen to this, we are going to likely be open and serving beer. So come on in um, to, to Round Trip. Um, thank you very much this was great these these beers were awesome yeah absolutely thank you guys for our business this was a really cool this, this is gonna be a really cool place Beer Flight Podcast is a production of Round Trip Brewing Company, now open on the Upper West Side of Atlanta, where Collier Road meets Chattahoochee. Special thanks to Crow Brew for their help in taking our brew house from concept to reality, and thanks to Jacob for putting up with us for a week to brew our first beers. Voiceover help from Chris Mykoski, design help from Scott Miller. We put the full list of beer we drank during this episode on our website, roundtripbrewing.com slash podcast. You know... In this age of people identifying with different pronouns and shifting gender roles, we bring you the uplifting little-known story of the little cheese that curd, the Sartori Montemore cheese. That has a very interesting story, actually. It's uh, this cheese maker, somewhere along the line, something got mislabeled, where I, I don't remember what's first. I think it was, it was supposed to be a cheddar, and then it got mislabeled as a Parmesan halfway through the process, so they changed what how they handled it mm-hmm. and thought it was a Parmesan, but half of the process was for cheddar. So there's a weird mix between the two that just came out amazing, and they sell it crazy now. That's an accident that made like the best cheese. We'll see you next time on the Beer Flight Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying with us today. We know you have many options in air travel, and we were probably the cheapest. 